This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much and good morning everybody. Welcome to our show for this Wednesday morning. The first full day of fall. And it is September 23rd. We've got a lot coming up on the show today, including Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne's oldest daughter, Amy, who has a new album out today. And it's not out today. No, the album's out October 30th. The single was released last Friday. The single came out. All right. Amy uh, Osbourne's band is known as ARO. And we'll be talking to Amy Osborne coming up later this morning. Got that on the way. The album comes out October 30th. Same day that The Mandalorian, Mandalorian returns that's, to that's, Disney Plus. That's, that's honestly the way how, I, that's how I remember when her album's coming out. <laughs> well, we're going to go around the room, uh, share what everybody's working on today, uh, kind of get an idea of what we have coming up on the show today. Uh, Brandon, uh, before you preview sports, uh, why don't you post view the sports weekend? Did you uh, catch any of that oh Cowboy game? That God, was crazy, that right? That was awesome! It was awesome, but and I would say this to Cowboy fans, not to rain on your parade, but I, 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 I guess I would be happy that they came back and won it, and it was super exciting. But I would be a little concerned of how bad they looked, particularly the Dallas defense in the first quarter. I mean, that that is the worst quarter of football I can remember the, the Cowboys playing well, in I a mean, long defense, time. No, their defense actually didn't do terrible. It was the fact that their offense literally could not hold on to the ball. Four fumbles, three lost in the first 10 minutes of the game. So you're already giving the defense a yeah. short field to play with. But when they – like after they Zeke scored that first touchdown and then uh, – the Falcons got it back. It just looked like in that series, it looked like the Falcons could just have their way with the Cowboys defense. I'm specifically talking about the first quarter, uh, but look, they came back an onside. And I was saying this uh, to somebody at lunch yesterday. When was the last time you saw an onside kick work? Like, um, it, a few times last year. Um, Young Hui Koo, the kicker for the Falcons, they needed two onside kicks last year, and they got them both. I guess I've just gotten used to whenever you see an onside kick, it's like oh, nobody falls for that trick anymore. But yeah, because they changed the rules. Remember, like you can't put as many players on that side of the field anymore. So well, the, the percentage of the kicking team getting the onside kick has plummeted. But that one was nuts. It's like everybody, like they were hypnotized. Like yeah, the Falcons like, oh were just sitting around, you know, and it's like. I don't know how you're trained to do it, but at some point, somebody's got to jump on the ball, right? Yeah, because, see, they can touch it before 10 yards. Yeah. The Cowboys cannot. It looked like they were waiting for it to go 10, 10 yards. Like, have you ever seen those It looked like they were where... they were social distancing from the football, Joanna, is what it looked like. Okay. Have you ever seen those plays in baseball when a guy bunts, and you get the third baseman coming down the line, and he's just waiting for the ball to go foul, and it never does? Yeah, there's one clip where the guy gets down and starts blowing on yeah. the side of the ball. <laughs> to get it to go. No, that foul. was man. It was such a crazy day on Sunday. Um, Look, my, the, fa- my fa- I, like my fantasy team went through all of the ups and downs because I had Dak Prescott and CD Lamb playing. Yeah, those were great, and of course, 
Dak's fumbling at the beginning. The, the offense looks awful, so I'm like, this is terrible. I also had Saquon Barkley. He's out for the season with a torn ACL. There was countless injuries. I think half of the 49ers yeah. got hurt on Sunday. They're now without... Let me see if I can remember this off the top of my head. Bosa, he's gone for the year of the torn ACL. Um, oh, man. I, I think Jimmy were... Garoppolo's out with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Mostert and Tevin Coleman are both out. There's another big defensive name that I'm blanking on right now. But there's like five or six injuries on the 49ers alone. Yeah. And they are upset. Where they're, They said they're anxious because they're supposed to go. So they played the Jets on Sunday up at MetLife Stadium in New York. They're going to go back to that same stadium, and they're concerned with the turf there. And I believe it was Eric Armstead from the 49ers. He said, yeah, we feel anxious about playing there again because of how many injuries to the knees and joints there were because of that turf. What What was your high school field? Because ours was just grass. grass. Yeah, it was just grass. Although uh, I think about middle of the season, it was mostly mud. <laughs> right. I remember the first time I walked onto a college field and it's like I could almost feel my ACL wanting to tear. <laughs> There's just something about that mm-hmm. weird grass and it's also like a lot of fields are elevated in the middle slightly like there's a slight rise to the middle. I don't know just the first time I walked I was like oh I see how guys get get knee injuries so mm-hmm. often just by the way the field f- feels. Uh, there's a college game that it looks like is not going to happen, and it was the matchup between the Catholics and the Baptists uh, scheduled for Saturday. Notre Dame can't play Wake Forest. Fighting Irish versus the Demon Deacons. Because seven of their of the Fighting Irish players have tested positive for coronavirus, so it looks like they're not going to play that game uh, on Saturday. All right, what else in uh, sports on the way this morning? Brandon, please. Um, well, I mean, that was that we pretty much covered it uh, in regards to football. Uh, Saquon Barkley, he is out. So the Giants, they have signed Devontae Freeman to a one-year deal. He was kind of waiting in the wings here. Devontae Freeman, remember, he signed that big contract with the Falcons a couple of years ago. He was released by the Falcons this past offseason. So he is now going to be with the New York Giants. And as far as the NBA is concerned, Commissioner Adam Silver says, we're probably not going to see the next season start until 2021 and they have some very specific goals in mind when it comes to the 2021 season i feel okay with that because we'd be looking at the uh, the preseason of the 2020 season starting like in october anyway right Mm -hmm. uh nuggets beat the lakers last night in the western conference finals la's uh now up two games to one uh on that side of things so we'll get a complete sports report coming up later this morning Lisa, uh, how about news? What do you have uh, coming up for us on in news headlines today? Well, we're still waiting to see if we're going to get that um, possible decision on whether the officers will be charged in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, the entire area is just waiting on pins and needles, basically, to hear back. They're saying by the end of the week, uh, but we're getting closer to the end of the week, so people are waiting for that to come out. Also, you have uh, the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, she will lie and repose at the U.S. Supreme Court today. It's following a private ceremony with her family, close friends, and members of the court. The public will be allowed to pay their respects today and tomorrow. And then she will be sent to the U.S. Capitol on Friday. Um, we're still hearing that the president says he's going to disclose that new nominee on Saturday. So we are waiting to hear about that as well. So lots of waiting this week. All right. It's, uh, it's definitely going to be a woman. The president mm-hmm. has said, and 
and it looks like it's going to be I'm drawing a blank the the one whose name okay so there's the the judge who's a first generation Cuban American and then there's the judge who's like a devout Catholic mm-hmm. I hear it's going to be the devout Catholic is what everybody's expecting mm-hmm. uh, but we'll find out on Saturday and Joanna how about uh, entertainment news what do you have headed our way on entertainment the company that controls Evil Knievel's name and likeness is suing Disney and Pixar over the Duke Kaboom character in Toy Story 4. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I thought they, they called him Duke Kaboom probably because they couldn't get the rights for Evil Knievel. Well, Evil Knievel did not take it as a compliment. Well, is well Evil- the- the, the Evil Knievel's not alive, well, right? The, the people who control Evil Knievel's name. All right. Uh, so we're going to find out about that. I might even have a true crime report. But Amy Osborne uh, from the Osborne family is going to be joining us later on the show. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Television tonight. It's the fourth season premiere of The Masked Singer Woo! on Fox. Followed, I'm so excited. Followed by a new contest show on Fox, which is going to be hosted by Ken Jeong. Mm-hmm. Is Ken Jeong still on The Mass Singer? He is. Yes. So, yeah, it's his new show he has right afterwards. Um, It looks like it could be good, maybe. Let me give everybody the premise, okay? Yeah. It's called I Can See Your Voice, and it premieres tonight. Contestants are trying to win a $100,000 prize. So here's here's how it works. Some good singers are mixed in with imposters who can't carry a tune. Then the contestant tries to guess who's the real singer before hearing any of their voices. A panel of celebrity detectives helps with the guessing. And it's a rotating uh, panel. So it's like different people, I guess, that are coming every week to do it. This sounds terrible, but then again, I thought the idea of people <laughs> coming out and singing in masks... <laughs> it just sounded like the, we'd reached the dumbest yeah, idea so, possible. So they but. have people come out, like some of them are dressed up as their jobs. So you have people in military uniforms, in nursing outfits. Oh, it's going to look like the village people every time. Exactly. <laughs> There's a, somebody dressed up in a Construction worker. <laughs> Indian. Yeah, exactly. So people come out in outfits. Some people come out in just regular clothes. Some people are older, younger. So you really can't judge you know off of their looks but you're trying to well it's an adaptation of the south korean series oh you know south korea man they get good good shows over there so that is <laughs> i can see your voice that's where mass singer came from yeah south korea comes on tonight after the mass singer uh over on nbc it's the 15th season finale of america's got talent and on hbo Part one of a two-part documentary, Agents of Chaos, which is all about Russian interference in the 2016 election, which has been in the news the past 24 hours because U.S. intelligence has has tied it. They say with as close to 100% certainty as possible that they have tied it directly to Vladimir Putin. So that is uh, part one of that documentary, Agents of Chaos, Tonight on HBO. Well, uh, today is the first full day of fall, and we've had pumpkin spice lattes. The first day of fall. Well, today's the first full day. Oh, full day. Yeah. oh, like it started yesterday morning. Yeah, we. In fact, we announced uh, when, like it, exactly when, it, when, when it went when, down. When it happens. Hmm. Hey, there you go. <laughs> so uh, this is the first full day, 
And the pumpkin spice stuff has been out for a while. But here is uh, yet more proof, as if anybody needed more proof, that brands can and will add pumpkin spice flavor to just about everything. Craft mm. pumpkin spice mac and cheese is now a thing that exists. Kraft just created a pumpkin spice version of their famous mac and cheese. Of all the things, uh, like I've I've heard of worse than mac and cheese being pumpkin spice flavored. They're making a thousand boxes to give away, oh my. and to start the rollout is first going to be in Canada only. So, will we get pumpkin spice mac and cheese in the U.S.? Maybe. So, I guess they just want. <laughs> we to don't keep, know yet. Do we want? pumpkin spice would you try here's the thing so you maybe you don't buy it like that's not something you're looking for at the store but would you be willing to try not it? i'm willing to try anything you know they did come out with those what was it joanna the flaming hot mac and cheese oh that's so good yeah see and i thought i'm like that's terrible and then i see everyone get in like the it's cheetos delicious. mac and cheese isn't it's it like delicious. three different kinds of that? Yeah, they're all good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as long as it's a food item, I'm pretty willing to try anything. I mean, Maybe I would, they're yeah. going to go like a sweeter route with the mac and cheese. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Let's get a look at our Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of events for the first full day of fall. It is September 23rd. And... A lot of observations uh, going on today. It is a date of note. Today is International Day of Sign Languages. Did you know sign language varies on what country you're in? Interesting. Or it can. You would think they would all just be like, hey, let's just all have one language. But like, No, that makes sense because when I was in elementary school, I think we learned American. It was ASL, American Mm -hmm. Sign Language. Yeah, so there. I, I don't know. I don't think there are as many different sign languages as there are languages. Mm-hmm. Today is Great American Pot Pie Day. Sorry if anybody feels let down, but it is Pot Pie Day. Today is Restless Leg Awareness Day. Do you remember the first time you saw a commercial? It's like, do you suffer from restless leg? I was like. And you were like, oh, I totally do. Yep. Now I do. (laughs) Today is also Celebrate Bisexuality Day. And today is Redhead Appreciation Day. Hmm. (laughs) Birthdays today include comedian Hassan Minhaj, who is the host of Patriot Act on Netflix. Hassan Minhaj. Minhaj. Hassan Minaj. I'm so sad that show got canceled. Me too. That was a great show. Well, he is 35 today. One of the Avengers is having a birthday. Anthony Mackie, who plays Falcon, is 42. He's getting his own (laughs) series. Well, his own series that he's going to share with uh, Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. I just remember when we were doing Marvel March Madness, Joanna called him the poor man's Luke Cage. (laughs) No, I didn't. I called him the poor man's Michael B. Jordan. (laughs) Did you do a trailer breakdown for WandaVision? He didn't want to. He didn't want to. I didn't didn't feel like there was a lot. There was not a lot to break down, but they do show Scarlet Witch and Vision what they would look like if, if they were very faithful to their appearance in the comic books. Which is amazing. Yeah. But that looked like it was like a Halloween episode. Yeah. 
It did. It looked like Vision was wearing a Vision costume. I'm intrigued, man. I, I got a feeling that this could be really, it could be really, really good, but it could also be. Do you recall the date? Really, really bad. That they had on that? No date. It's just, they said this year, right? I mean, soon later this year. As far as the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I, I don't know when that's going to come out. But Anthony Mackie is 42. Didn't they just go back to filming that? Like I say, I have not, I have not been kept abreast of what's going on. You just have Mandalorian on the brink. That's I do, soon. dude. Have you watched Cobra Kai yet? Because oh my god! Yeah, I've watched most of the first season of Cobra Kai. Oh, oh you've got to get into season dude. two, dude. Does the acting get any better? Look, you're man. I'm telling you right now, season two ends arguably in one of the greatest season finales I think I've ever seen. If you're looking at it like, oh, this acting's terrible, ah, you're in it for the wrong reasons. Bow out now. No, no, no. I just, I'm just acknowledging the acting is really after school special level, especially the kid actors. Not great. Well, but if that's, um, but what I'm saying is, if that's what you're focused on, <laughs> then no. just bow out. Yeah. Jason Alexander, who played George Costanza on Seinfeld, is having a birthday today. He's 61. And the boss, Bruce Springsteen. He is 71 today. Also, singer Julio Iglesias is having a birthday. He's 77. Here is a notable scientific date in history. 174 years ago, in 1846, Neptune was discovered. A German astronomer was able to find it by studying, and I'm not making this up, gravity-inducing disturbances of Uranus. Read into that whatever you will. And uh, with this being the first day of fall, we've got, you know, some things you associate with fall football. We've got, we announced that for our listeners in, in El Paso, we've got the haunted house, which is actually a drive through haunted house this year called Devil's Highway. Uh, I guess the Apple Festival's probably coming up in a few weeks up near Cloudcroft, right? Applecore, uh, Baltimore. Your, who's your friend? I think so, yeah. Have you ever been to that? No. No, but I, I see a lot of people do go to that. Apples galore. Uh-huh. Uh, so as we're getting into the mood for fall, you're going to hear a few sponsors for uh, corn mazes, right? pumpkin mm-hmm. patches, pumpkin spice stuff, and... Mm-hmm. Anybody going to go do one of the uh, corn mazes or anything? Because they're open. Yeah, they're going to do the corn mazes. I just, uh, I don't know. I never get, I never actually do the maze. You know what I mean? Like I start off wanting to do the maze and then eventually so many, I I go so late in the year that people have been through and they just make, they cut through. (laughs) You know, do you know what I mean? Have you ever done the maze? Yes. And at some point you're just like, all right. Apparently, a bunch of people just cut straight through. Yeah, so like I'm do they that. put the little string that's like, oh, you can't go this way. Right. People totally people go that way. Ignore <laughs> that completely. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just letting you know you might hear some of our, our sponsors that come on board in the fall and get ready for the, the autumn months. Uh, in fact, our, our first commercial here is uh, exactly one of those. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, we've got a relationship quiz from the 1930s. Mostly uh, quizzing you on if you're a good 
if you're a good, good spouse, spouse by 1930s hmm. standards. Okay. So we're going to have. Do you have, think you are? Would I have been a good spouse by 1930s standards? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so. Kind of old fashioned. You know, breadwinner. Come home, expect dinner on the table. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, you're probably great. Yeah, you're yeah, you're not that far off. And that would have been perfect for Buzz. Uh, before we get into this, I just wanted to mention our guest coming up later. We've got Amy Osborne, who is Sharon and uh, Ozzy's oldest daughter. And she's the one who opted not to be take part in the Osbournes, even though I think she lived in the house at the time, which is why occasionally... She lived in the guest house, because I do remember I saw this, because you would see her, but because they had started filming the show, she moved into the guest house, so that she would be less likely to be seen on camera. Well, I think she'd already started her acting and music career mm-hmm. at that point, and she just didn't want to... <laughs> she just didn't want to be a whole part of of that. I'm just, I, th- I thought it was because she didn't... Like, she felt she would be typecast from there on out. Like, she would never... Like, that would always be her. From the Osbournes show. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's probably something to that. I just really want to know how Ozzy's doing because Sharon did not say if he has been exposed. Uh, I think we found out yesterday, though, that Jack's three-year-old mm-hmm. has COVID-19. But nobody, she said Jack doesn't, the mom doesn't, none of her sisters do, she doesn't, but she didn't say Ozzy. She didn't say anything about Grandpa Ozzy. Uh-uh. Maybe we can get to the bottom of that. Mm-hmm. Keep that on deck. Also, comedy legend Harry Shear, who does many of the great voices on The Simpsons. Just a partial rundown would be Principal Skinner. He does Reverend Lovejoy. Doesn't he do Mr. Burns and Waylon Smithers? Yeah, he does both uh, both of those characters. <laughs> and he has an album of songs about Donald Trump out, so... We're going to talk a little bit later to don't forget Harry Shearer. Spinal Tap. Yeah, Spinal Tap. The album is called The Many Moods of Donald Trump, but I, I'm going to be interested to ask Harry Shearer. Okay, so Apu is not one of the characters he does, but Harry Shearer was reportedly not pleased that The Simpsons said, you know what, we're not going to have voice actors portray characters that, that are of different races. Oh, he's also Mr. On. Flanders. Hi, Hi Hey, neighbor. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hey, Maybe he's on the verge of like quitting because of all the political correctness, and I could step in and really work on that Flanders. But I think I got a pretty good. <laughs> I think I got a pretty good Principal Skinner going on. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Over, under, in and out. That's what shoe tying's all about. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. Work on it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe fine tune it just a bit. Amazon Prime Day is going to be on October 13th this year, if you're keeping track. That is the date for Amazon Prime Day. Isn't that when they put a whole bunch of stuff on sale that nobody's buying anyway? Did you see Wayfair's doing that? I, really? You mean I can buy a kid? I can buy a cabinet with a kid inside? <laughs> really? What day is that going to be? Uh, I think they said, oh, it might be today, but yeah, I saw that they were having Wayfair Day or something, and it's like two days where they're going to have a ton of stuff on sale. Oh, it's today. Okay, today's Wayfair Day. Everybody go get yourselves an Eliana cabinet. <laughs> Eliana will be inside. <laughs> I wonder what's on sale. 
There's a new list of the healthiest communities in the United States, and I, I'm not going to get into... We're not into, on it? No, <laughs> we're not, but... <laughs> like, there's one thing that I thought w- bears mentioning. Six of the top ten are in Colorado. Yeah. So Colorado uh-huh. is just, like, Dominating. crazy healthy. I guess people are out hiking and doing outdoor activity. And- when... Yeah, when I went to Denver, it was, like, the nicest. Everybody is just super friendly, but everyone's just on their way to their next hike or bike riding. If it's winter, skiing. Nobody's, yeah, nobody's arguing about masks. Everyone's wearing masks. It's, like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. There's a dispensary on every corner. Mm-hmm. Maybe that has something to do with it. it it's like Eden on Earth. Wouldn't you expect maybe, like, if you didn't smoke weed, wouldn't you think you're like, oh, all these stoners are just getting high and eating a bunch of food? No, Colorado's a perfect example. They are getting high and hiking. So maybe it's good for you. It's giving hiking. them energy. I got to tell you, that doesn't... Hiking! <laughs> Joanna. Hiking. I'm the high king. It was funny when Brandon said it. Right. <laughs> We're playing a new game, Brandon. It's called Recycler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lisa and I do that when you're not here. <laughs> also, I got permission to go back on our Facebook, even though I'm not on our Facebook. No, you didn't. Who well, gave you permission? Nobody gave you permission. Brandon, you gave yourself permission. Brandon you said I could started. go on as long as I don't. We talked about this last oh, week. Yeah. He's allowed to, to, you to were, watch. Oh, yeah. He's not allowed to interact. You were Yeah, I'm kind of like the Jerry yesterday. Falwell Jr. of our chat. I'm allowed a lot to watch only. It's for me to do that because he's always like, what's going on in the chat? Even though I can see that he's in the chat. Buzz, like he's doing we can it see me. when you reply to someone, it says commented by Buzz, Buzz Adams. Adam. Well, sometimes I'll give people a thumbs up or a mm-hmm. ha-ha. Mm-hmm. Is that all right? No. You know, I don't mind that. It's the it's the it's the typing and the commenting I think is yeah. was where we needed to nip you that were, in the bud. So if you mm-hmm. look, if he you was can, commenting yesterday, was I? Yes, you were. Yeah, you were. Oh uh, well. That was like our our stream wasn't working on Monday, and Buzz, what's going on with the chat today? No, he like, goes. You're not oh, to be in Nico there. tells me that yeah. <laughs> the chat isn't up yet. And then Nico comes in, and we're all Nico. Stop telling him these things, and he goes, "I'm not telling him anything." We got a hold of. <laughs> A marriage quiz, you know, kind of like a BuzzFeed quiz or a Cosmo relationship quiz, except this one is from from an actual doctor. This is from 1939. So this was a quiz, like a test that a doctor would give to see if you're you're a good spouse. So let me get some appropriate old-timey music. Let's see if this will work. Okay. Ah, listen here, friend. All right. So, Brandon, you want to give us the details on this story? (laughs) Absolutely. So this is from 1939. And just as kind of a refresher here, this is some of the, the like stats from 1939. The average cost of a new house okay. in 1939. Like uh. six grand, probably. Anybody else got a guess? Mm. In what year again? 1939. 39? Right before World War II really kicked off. Five. Five She's grand. Five grand, Joanna? Two. Two Joanna grand. wins because she didn't go over thirty eight hundred bucks oh, wow. for a new house. The average wage per year, your average salary, one thousand seven hundred and thirty dollars <gasps> a year. Mm-hmm. Cost of a gallon of gas was just ten cents, and the average cost of house to rent per month was twenty eight dollars. 
So, a uh, gentleman by the name of George W. Crane, PhD, MD, he created a couple of quizzes. There's a husband's quiz and a wife's quiz. If you want to find this, you can go to buzzadamshow.com. And all you do is there's demerits and merits. Okay. So, you add up each side. And so you you take the merits, but then you subtract the demerits, and whatever your overall score is, it tells you whether or not you're being a good spouse. Jeez. And each one is worth a point unless otherwise noted. And some of these are, I mean, even by today's standards, you're like, okay, like that makes complete sense. Like the first one here for the husband stares at or flirts with other women while out with wife. Yeah. And this is a 5.1, so this one's worth even more. So that would be five points on the demerits side, so that's negative five. Like, I think I, I don't do that, but I had one girlfriend, I, I swear, like, she could pick up micro-expressions. Like, if a waitress walked by, all I would be thinking is, don't look at the waitress, don't look at the waitress. You were looking at that waitress. It's like, <laughs> she detected microscopic <laughs> expressions or something. It was just... <laughs> Uh, that's good. Yeah, sure. That's a sign of a good husband. You don't flirt in front of your wife. Of course not. And then this next one, this one could be updated for today's standards. Because back then it was Reed's newspaper at the table, where I think you could almost change that to is looking at their phone at the table. Don't you think? They're oh, saying that that's a negative. Things. You're not supposed to read the newspaper at the table. Yes. Mm. Now, however, now if you go to the, the merits column, which is the positive side, it talks about reads newspaper books or magazines allowed to wife like allowed meaning out loud that's not, a good thing not like not like you're allowed to do this but allowed is an out loud uh. honey i know you only have a first grade education <laughs> like most women in the 1930s so let me read aloud from look let me explain oh, this to you just wait the women's oh. stuff is really good i'm not i'm not married but i can't remember the last time i sat down and had a meal at a table that wasn't a restaurant like at home I'm in there on the couch, on the couch, in front of the TV, of course. Of course. Collecting food on the top of his stomach. And then you make Nico take your plate to the kitchen. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, so for the husband's side, I mean, it's kind of, it, it it, it seems to translate mostly well. Right. This is just stuff you don't do. Unless you're a jerk. Yeah. Like, uh, like here's the, some more of the demerits on the husband's side. Um, fails to come to the table promptly when the meal is ready. Com- oh, here's a five-pointer for you. Compares wife unfavorably with his mother and other wives. Oh. You what? know, my, my mother and my other wives never burn the toast like this. Well, I got a feeling it's talking about, like, other husbands. Like, you know, so-and-so's wife doesn't oh, do this. Okay. Like, doing stuff like that. Okay. Give uh, me another one. Sure. Another five-pointer. Criticizes wife in public. Like, these are all things that, in general, yeah, like, you could agree that this, these are things that even today you shouldn't be doing. Um, Something tells me the, the advice for women is going to be vastly different than oh, yes. what it was in the, is, uh, than what it is today. Vastly, but, it, but it is different. Here's a couple more for the guys on the demerits side. So remember, these are the negative ones. Belches without apology or blows nose at table. Oh, gosh. Leaves dresser drawers open. Leaves shoes in the living room. And to cap it all off, snores is on there as well. So those are all the demerits. Okay, now, well, you don't really have any control, especially in 1939. And see, that's the thing is that... They didn't have breathe right strips in 1939, mm-hmm. so... Didn't have a, the CPAP machine? <laughs> no. Nope. 
So for the for the merits, again for the guys, it's kind of the same stuff. Remembers birthdays and anniversaries. That's a five point one. God, I just rem- I just realized I can't remember anybody's birthday. <laughs> I think that's why uh, somebody needs that's to why tip Facebook me off is at a so time. Facebook. That's what it's good for. Tells you when it's somebody's birthday. Ooh. Oh, that reminds me of someone's birthday. My family's coming. Who is it? Um, <laughs> oh, here, here's one that does not. I mean, I guess it could, could translate well, depending on if you're the kind of the earner of the household. A merit side for the husband gives wife ample allowance or turns paycheck over to her. <laughs> that's a good thing? That's a merit. If you did that back then, that's a five-pointer as well. You just turn the check over to the wife because yeah. she's managing all the household finances. Or you give her ample allowance. Yeah. Uh, Here's a shiny quarter. He leaves the car <laughs> for the wife on days that she might need it. Women driving in 1939? you got to get prepared for that war effort, man. Um, oh, here you go. Here's another five-pointer. Has a date with the wife at least once per week. Like I go out, yeah, on the town once per week. Maybe go and dance the Lindy Hop <laughs> at a speakeasy. Some of these I'm I'm trying like, to make make it feel like you're really in 1939. Well, then you got to talk like this, friend. You got to take the little lady out. There and you show go. Her a there good it time. Is. That's the good stuff. <laughs> so, some of these other merits for the guys. It almost seems a little progressive for 1939. Helps hmm. wife with the dishes, caring oh. for children, and scrubbing. What? Whoa. What kind of libtarded doctor is right? this? That word didn't exist back then, Buzz. Yeah. Um. I just I just lost the one that I was. Oh, um, polite and mannerly, even when alone with his wife. That's <laughs> that's a merit. That's a good good thing, obviously. What you mean? I can't treat my. Wife like a doormat when nobody's around. And here's another one that I thought was kind of interesting, especially being from 1939. Consults wife's opinion on business and social affairs. Hmm. Again, it's a little more progressive for 1939 than I would have anticipated. All right, right, here we go. So now we're going to the women's side, the demerits. Slow in coming to bed. Delays until husband is almost asleep. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Doesn't like children. That is a minus five points for the women. Yikes. Fails to sew on buttons or darn socks regularly. Regularly? Wears soiled or ragged dresses and aprons around the house. Look good. (laughs) Yeah, you got to look good. Wears red nail polish. (gasps) That harlot. That's a demerit. Is you it? know, Agnes, you look like a brazen hussy (laughs) with those red, red nails. What will the other husbands think? Here's a good one for you. Puts her cold feet on husband at night to warm them. <laughs> That's a demerit. We've been all through this, Ethel. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try and come up with as many old, old-timey lady names. And then for the merits on the women's side, uh, you have some typical stuff. A good hostess, even for unexpected guests. Has meals on time. Can carry on an interesting conversation. Here's a weird one, though. Can play a musical instrument as piano, violin, etc. Honey, we don't. We can't afford a radio. Why don't you bang something out on the harpsichord yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for our guest? It's what a gracious host hostess would do. Here's a five pointer for the merit for the woman. Never goes to bed angry. Always makes up first. Ugh. So I'm assuming since they only put that on the women's side, it's ex- expected of the woman to patch things up. 
Well, of course it is. And we it's have 1939, a, after all. And we have our one ten pointer out of this whole quiz. And this is a merit. A merit for the women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's religious, sends children to church or Sunday school, and goes herself. I'll turn the check over to you, but you make sure my children are right with God. Yeah. And then the last one here for the merits for the women. Let's husbands sleep late on Sundays and holidays. So While you you're to, taking the kids to church, I'll be sleeping in. So if you want to take the quiz, head on over to buzzadamshow.com. And basically, with the merits, you add up your uh, score. This is the same thing with the demerits. And then you subtract the demerits from the merits. And then you have your overall uh, from very poor, poor, average, superior, and very superior are the, uh, the grading scales. I think I would have been very superior. As a, as a I don't know. Do you help with the dishes? Are you going to confer with your wife on all? Are you going to hand her over your entire check, mm-hmm. or give her an ample allowance? I don't think, yeah, I don't think you'd actually do well that. in the standards. I'll give her an ample allowance as long as she finishes her chores. <laughs> well, we know he's going to leave the car for her when she needs it. Yeah. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I've got a true crime report. I've got a couple of videos uh, as part of the true crime report. Make sure your camera's then on, because yesterday it wasn't. My the camera? That's no, on. No, no, no. The, Brandon, how does he turn it on again? The, so we can oh, see the his screen. screen? Yeah. There you go. Okay. And on the right-hand side, does it say um, start streaming or stop streaming? Stop streaming. Okay, so leave it. Don't leave touch it. it. It means it's already gone. Don't know what Lisa's problem is then. It's the black screen that I can see in the corner. Oh wait, we'll see. Let's see if it comes. All right, here we go. Did I mention I also have a Florida man game? So everybody get your writing implements handy so you can play the Florida man game and possibly win ten thousand dollars. All right, first of all, we've got uh, somebody robbed a pharmacy. They used a gun, and they also used a full-body chipmunk costume. That's right. The person who robbed the pharmacy was wearing a full-body chipmunk costume. Was it Chip or Dale? I'll show you the... uh, Was there a leather vest or a Hawaiian shirt involved? He looks kind of like a buff chipmunk. This is surveillance (laughs) video. Can, Can you see it? Are we sure there's a chipmunk? That looks like my reindeer costume. I was going to say, that looks like a reindeer. Or maybe a bunny? Looks kind of like a Pokemon. There's a tail. A Pokemon. There's definitely yeah, a tail. Yeah, it looks like a Pokemon. Possibly a Squirtle. Uh, so anyway, they stole a bunch of pills, then ran out of the store. Also stole one of the pharmacist's cell phones. Uh... On his way out, the pharmacist told him that there were pictures of her grandkids, so he popped out the SIM card so she wouldn't lose those. Aww, so Good for him. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's nice. <laughs> well, he got away. The police are now trying to track down the pill-stealing, gun-toting chipmunk who has a soft side. And this happened in Via Platte, Louisiana on Saturday. Any word on if anybody yelled out, Alvin! <laughs> yeah. A guy in Oregon was showing off his gun to a friend in line at a grocery store when it went off and shot him in the penis. <gasps> 29-year-old Nicholas Ellingford from Lincoln City, Oregon, was at a grocery store. Oregon? With, oh, yeah, that's how I say it. Oregon. Now. 
He was at a grocery store on Sunday night with a friend. He had brought along his Glock 9mm handgun, and while he was in the checkout line, he pulled out the gun to show to his friend. As he put it back in his pants, he accidentally shot himself in the groin. The report says the bullet... the code. He did a Plaxico Burris. The bullet went through his groin and exited through his thigh. And he had to be airlifted to a hospital for the injury. It turns out that he did not have a concealed carry license, so he could be looking at charges for that, plus the reckless endangerment for even having the gun out uh, is what he's looking at. All right, I've got a couple of videos I would like to share with you. The first one is a woman who leads police on a high-speed chase because, as she told the police, she had to poop and <laughs> and it was her birthday. Oh. Okay. So a lot going on with this lady. She had to poop. She's throwing excuses against the wall to see what sticks. At least she didn't um, throw her poop. Maybe, so, the, I mean, I'm call maybe the poop will stick. <laughs> yeah. All right, here you go. All right, I'm going to jump ahead to the actual uh, police interaction here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, I, I just want to wow. back it up there for a second. So uh, she, she didn't have an ID other than her medical marijuana card, and she told the officer she's just really, really got to poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Get, get his frustrations. He's like, "Where do you think I was going?" Get, get, I love him. Okay, get ready though, because she runs. Like she, oh, the, no. the high speed chase hasn't happened yet. Oh no! Oh, this is just the standard uh, traffic stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. Whoa! Oh. oh. Dang. <laughs> While she was blowing through stop signs, I wonder if she was blowing any mud. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that, but she said, can I poop in your car, man? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like, look, no matter what, you were going to jail. You could have not had to deal with all of this. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know what? I think I should save the Florida man game. Why? So we- so we have plenty of time to play. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, you know, I want to I take a break. We got guests coming up later. Yeah. So we'll push news back one, and we'll have the Florida Man game. Can I go poop now? Do you really have to poop? No. Is it your birthday? No. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I think this really illustrates why uh, Oklahoma is called Toklahoma ever since they legalized uh, recreational marijuana. These stories both came out on the same day. First of all, we had the lady in Enid who uh, had to go poop. And you remember what what they said about her? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, on the same day, here's this story. Uh, It was a woman. Let's see. Now, Now, I'm computer is acting very funky today. Oh, no. Uh, okay, this is another Oklahoma woman, or Toklahoma, I should say, and she got pulled over for being high on, well, you know, I don't know if they pulled her over for being high on pot, but they discovered she was. 
Okay, so just to describe what's going on in the video. Like she's line dancing. Right. Well, Step to your left. Thriller. She, she, yeah. She was following the instructions. She's like she's line dancing. Step to the left. It's kind of like the yeah, hokey step pokey. Step to the right. And clap Four hops to now. Dun, dun. <laughs> More like Everybody clap your heads. <laughs> I would say it's the hokey pokey, but it's more like the hokey tokey. What is that song called? (laughs) 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 What constitutes driving too slow? Ten miles under? There's usually a minimum speed uh, that... I know I've in seen them they have them. It's, you know what's funny? It's usually places where it's like old high, folks. Yeah, yeah. The, where the olds are heavy in population. The right. old. And oh, I know you that would part get of the minimum speed of 45 on the freeway. I know that part of Florida. It's called Florida. She's all sub. Welcome to Toklahoma, everybody. <laughs> I mean, she seems like a party. <laughs> Oh, They're everywhere. I, I the town I grew up in has like eleven thousand people in the entire town. I bet you we got twenty. Oh, twenty legal shops? dispensaries. Oh, I thought you were yeah. talking about people who smoke weed. You're like they're everywhere now. <laughs> Those folks the, are uh, taking over Oklahoma. They, the hippies are overrunning things. <laughs> I mean, she flashed a peace sign. <laughs> she flashed yeah. a peace sign. <laughs> I I will say, you know, of all the things that are said about marijuana, I could totally see being high impeding your driving ability. Yeah, you know, I can see that. I, I, some people like to make it like, "Oh, there's no harm that could ever come," but I could totally oh, I see like being stoned and, and falling impeding. asleep. I don't know about falling asleep, but definitely like thinking you missed your turn, but then realizing that your turn isn't for another two miles. Yeah, things like that. Or the worst, if there's like road construction and you weren't expecting it, and you're like, "Oh no, what happens here?" I've heard. Oh, yeah, this is all secondhand for me, too. Yeah. Here's a story that probably, it seems like there's a story like this every every few months. A uh, guy in Utah took a car for a test drive and then refused to take it, so the salesman was in the car. Mm-hmm. So he just kidnapped the salesman. Was 40... that the one out here? <laughs> did that happen around here? It did, yeah. Some woman tried to take off in a car. Now, this one is in Centerville, Utah, 43-year-old Caleb Gibson went to a car dealership to take a test drive, took it out for a drive, and when the car salesman told him it was time to wrap it up and head back to the dealership, Mr. Gibson wouldn't do it. Well, that's really... I've never been on a test drive where the salesperson actually... It gets to the point where they say, hey, we got to wrap up. You've been driving. You know? I... So Mr. Gibson wouldn't return the car. He got on the freeway and started doing 100 miles an hour. (laughs) And the car salesman, who was still, you know, probably holding on for dear life in the passenger (laughs) seat, called 911. So Mr. Gibson, the would-be auto thief, cranked up the radio so the 911 dispatcher (laughs) couldn't hear what the salesman was trying to say. Uh Uh-oh. But he was going 100 miles an hour, so eventually the Utah Highway Patrol spotted the car and pulled the man over. He tried to pin the whole thing on the car salesman, saying that the car salesman was kidnapping him. But it turns out that uh, Caleb Gibson had a long criminal history. His excuse didn't work, so he was arrested for 
uh, kidnapping. All right, and now it is time to play the Florida Man game. So everybody who's going to uh, participate, make sure you got something to write on, and we'll get started. Florida Man, Florida Man, who never fears any bodily harm. Florida Man, Florida Man. Who tries to fight every cop he sees. Florida man, Florida man, Florida man, Florida man. Here's the way we play the Florida man game. I'll read a true story out of the state of Florida. And I will read a headline, but I will leave out one key word. If you were able to correctly guess the missing word... You will win $10,000 to be paid by our company, Town Square Media. So good luck. Nobody's gotten that ten grand in a long time. <laughs> it's probably stuck in a remote check yeah, somewhere. <laughs> see, look, you're not going right. to get that for at least another billing cycle. Yeah. All right, here's the headline. I'm going to leave out one word. Here we go. Cops handcuff Florida man who was already wearing a restraint around his blank. Once again, mm. cops handcuff Florida man who was already wearing a restraint around his blank. So, I, okay, I, you know, it. I'll just fill in a little bit. Like, they pulled him over. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he was handcuffed, but he already had some other kind of, you know, restraint on. But we have to guess where that restraint was. Okay. Cops handcuffed Florida man who was already wearing a restraint around his blank. Okay. You good, Joanne and Lisa? Yeah, Brandon, you good? Yeah. All right. All right. I think Joanne, I think Lisa actually rang in first. So, uh, Lisa, what do you think? Cops handcuffed Florida man who was already wearing a restraint around his blank. Uh, I mean, my first thought is going to neck, but then it also could be a harness. Um, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go with harness. Yeah. So like torso? Yeah, like a sexual harness. Yeah, but the, here's the context. Florida, cops handcuff Florida man who was already wearing a restraint around his blank. I think it's looking for a body part. Oh, we're looking for a body part. Yeah, I believe so. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to say torso. Just go penis. Oh, I, I, that's what it, that's where your mind goes. But I almost feel like it's too easy, so just that's go why. Penis. Just go with your penis. Um, no, I'm gonna go torso. with my harness All right. or torso. There you go. Joanna, do you understand the question? Yes. All right. Joanna, cops handcuffed Florida man who was already wearing a restraint around his blank. I've been watching a lot of Hannibal lately. Ooh, okay. So I'm gonna go with mouth. Ooh. Ah. They put like a like a, a ball gag, like in Pulp Fiction or something. Kind of, or like a like a ha- like a Hannibal like a Hannibal mask. Yeah, mm. but the game's sleeping. Well, I guess you have to go wake <laughs> him up now, won't you? All right, man. Brandon, cops handcuff Florida man who was already. I wearing am a little a upset that nobody went with penis so far. <laughs> but that's not what I went with, so I can't lock in that. Ooh. I went with ankles. Ankles. Ah. Oh, that's hard to drive in though. Well, okay, okay. well, hopefully it was an automatic transmission and not manual. Mm-hmm. I would like to tell you uh-huh. that after weeks and weeks and weeks, we finally have a winner. Oh, now, uh, well, easy. He said, I would like to tell you. I cannot tell you that oh. because we do oh, no. not have a winner. Oh. 
I'm very Damn sorry. It. Was it penis? It's just got to be penis. It's penis. It's too obvious to be penis. It's penis. Cops handcuffed Florida man who was already wearing a restraint around his neck is oh! the correct answer. Oh! I should have gone with my first instinct. Here's the uh, mugshot. It's a small picture. I don't know if you man. guys can see it, but here's the man uh, wearing the... It looks like a bondage collar around his neck. It was locked. Brandon is so right. Always go with your first instinct. This happened early on Monday. Police in Eustis, Florida pulled over 48-year-old George Vacherlon. Turns out uh, Mr. Vacherlon is a convicted felon. They found ammunition in his car door, so he was arrested for possession of ammunition by a convicted felon. But George was already wearing restraints. For some reason, he had a steel bondage collar locked around his neck. He's probably Fashion. into a party, man. Can you guys... Fashion. Why doesn't he have a shirt on? That's my question. Why not? It would take away because from the, the poppingness of mm-hmm. the uh, collar. Can you guys see the Is it the mugshots? That's of. silverish, yeah. I would say. So it's a, it's a little flare. like it. At least 32 pieces. Why did uh, Mr. Vachelon have the bondage collar around his neck? I don't think we're going to get a satisfactory answer right uh-huh. now, but there was another man in the car. Uh-huh. The, the other man was arrested for having meth on him. The two men live at the same address, but it was not known what their relationship and is. There's the <laughs> <laughs> and there's the meth. And there's no word on how the bondage collar wound up around his neck, but... He didn't have a key for it, and the police couldn't get it off. So in his mugshot, he's got a bondage collar around his neck, but no shirt. And that is just pretty much hits all the the highlights of what makes a Florida man story yeah. great, doesn't it? Florida man, Florida man, with a sewer rat. Florida man, Florida man. Human meat who gave Marco Rubio a sentence. Florida man. Florida man. Florida. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Always Joanna. Yeah, well, you need to jump on early like everybody else does. Quit poking around back there. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, there's an album uh, that is going to be released on October 30th. Mark October 30th because that's, that's a big date for me. This album's coming out. The Mandalorian returns to uh, Disney Plus that date. And it's Halloween Eve. All Hallows Eve. It's All Hallows Eve Eve. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, so we're joined by Amy Osborne and her musically, the name of the band is ARO. Hi, Amy. Hi, how are you? Very good. So. Uh, A-R-O, all caps. I'm going to guess your middle initial is is an R. Is it's, that actually, r- it's actually pronounced Arrow. Arrow, okay. So the Amy R. Osborne, what's the R for? Uh, uh, middle initial. Yeah, okay. Uh, how about if we hear some of the music? Do you want to tell us uh, the single that is just out? Tell us a little bit about that song, and we'll hear some of it. Um, yes, it's called House of Lies, and it's a kind of... Space, kind of trippy kind of song that was I, kind of unexpected. You know, I don't know if I, I'm using the the term right, but I read music reviews. It's kind of atmospheric. I don't know if that makes yeah. any sense to you. 
Yeah. Does it? Because maybe you can explain it to me. Um, yeah, it's um, it's kind of creepy, kind of catchy. Um, one of those songs that you can walk into a room and kind of hear in the background and get quiet to kind of try and figure out what the song is about. All right, this so. is this is Amy Osborne, and we've only got the one single so far, House of Lies from Arrow. Let's listen to a little bit of it. All right, this song is called House of Lies from Arrow. That is uh, Amy Osborne's, would you say band or stage name, or what would you say, Amy? Um, I guess it's my band name. <laughs> okay. Um I like it. it. It has kind of a retro sound. Like the the beginning kind of sounded like a, a Stranger Things uh, theme. Yes, huh. yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, and, and it sounds like a song that would play in a vampire club. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> on True Blood. <laughs> is this pretty uh, similar to what what the album has? Is there kind of a similar vibe, or is it, does it mix a lot of genres? Um, it kind of mixes. I'd say a lot of genres. I mean, they're all atmospheric, I would say, but um, that's the most synth-driven track that I have. Who are some of the musical acts that you really looked up to or that you you find were influential for you? Oh, um, I'd say Kate Bush, Peter mm-hmm. Gabriel, David Bowie, um, Massive Attack was a big one. Um, I really loved Mazzy Star, um, Tricky, another one. So lots of, lots of I'd say mainly English based bands, <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of influences. All right, and w- when the album comes out on October thirtieth, what's the what's the name of the album? It's called Vacare Adamare, which is Latin for um, to be free in love, and um, mm. yeah, I'm pretty excited. So you're going to be performing, I believe, this Friday at the Hotel Cafe, and you're doing a live stream. So are you going to have a, the band behind you? Is it going to be just you on stage, or how are you going to be um, doing this um, live stream? For, and is this your first live stream performance you've done since the pandemic? Yes, I've never done a live stream show before, and it's going to be me with um, three members of my band. And I guess the good thing is it doesn't matter wherever you are in the world, you can watch it from your laptop or iPhone. So that's kind of cool. Was, was there a plan for a tour, you know, with the, with the album coming out and everything? Yeah. Was, yeah everything yeah. had to be scrapped, I guess. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's better say some sorry in this situation, but it was initially quite disappointing, but I think, you know, the music industry is figuring it out and working around it, which is, you know, great to see and be a part of. All right, Amy is the oldest daughter of Ozzy and Sharon, and uh, Amy is was not on the show, or if she was on, on the Osbournes, it was like a blurred-out uh, figure. And was that, Amy, was that, I think I've heard you say before in interviews, that was because you'd already, you already had a professional career going on, and you, well, why don't you explain it to us? Um, I just don't, I, I didn't want to, um, I guess, how do I say this? I just had very specific ideas of what I wanted for my life, and um, reality TV didn't fit into that. <laughs> uh, so I decided to opt out. On, on, the, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much pressure was put on trying to convince you to do it? Would, would you say you felt any at all or a lot? Um, like 100. <laughs> <laughs> and and who, who was that mostly coming from? MTV, Mom and Dad, or who? Um, 
I don't really want to go into specifics about that because it was a definitely a point of contention for me for a long time, but it was a lot of pressure um, from certain members of my family, not all, and um, yes, from MTV at the time as well. Did they almost have you at any point? Were you thinking about <laughs> no, it? No. No. It just it made me kind of dig my heels in more because I just didn't trust the situation. The more pressure was kind of headed my way. Yeah, so. and, but when you and especially when you look at like the Kardashians and you see how some of the younger ones are saying, "We wish we would have not done this, or we had a choice in this," and they're really, you know, now that the show is ending, almost like a relief. So, do you still agree with that decision? You're like, that was the best decision for me in my life. Yes, and I actually. You know, I I don't believe that there are enough laws to protect children from parents making these kinds of decisions because I think ultimately mm-hmm. it does not serve children to be on those uh, platforms like that and, you know, have that kind of exposure. But, you know, I guess to each their own. You you were a, you weren't a minor, though, at the time that they started, I, right? I was, very much so. Oh, were um, you? How old were you? Um, well, at first started to get discussed when I was 14 and then I think when I was about 15 there was some light filming going on and then you know by my late teens it was you know in full swing oh oh I had always thought you were 18 or at least old enough to say no (laughs) I don't want to do this so that's that's interesting and it's really commendable of your parents to say like hey you know what she's old enough to decide if she doesn't want to do it she doesn't have to do it Oh, they never would have gone against what I wanted in that way. But I can imagine that some families that have been filled, you know, maybe the parents didn't acknowledge what the kids <laughs> wanted. Um, it, it just brings up, like, like you were living at the house when all this was going on. So, like, where were uh, you? When... Initially, yeah. and then I, I moved out, yes, because it just wasn't, it wasn't compatible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at any point when they were doing the thing, did you second guess or you just knew you, you never had any doubt that you'd made the correct decision? No, I mean, you know, I, I'm not really the type of person that likes a ton of attention like that. So I was, you know, the more successful it got, the more relieved I was that I didn't do it. So. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I could definitely see that. When did you first perform in front of, uh, in front of people? You know, other than family and close friends, like when, when was your first uh, performance in front of an audience, Amy? Um, I don't remember exactly when. Probably about seven years ago, I'd say now, maybe eight years. Okay, but had you done acting, some acting before that? Uh, yes, here and there, but you know, I didn't. You know, there was a, a lot of uh, weirdness in that world that I didn't really like, and. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a, that world in itself is just um, pretty complicated, and I, I don't know. It really wasn't for me at the time, and it was right around the time my parents' um, show blew up. So, kind of all the meetings, and auditions, and things I would go on, it would either be lots of questions about that, or we don't want to be associated with that. So it was just kind of conflicting at the time. All right. 
Well, Lisa, you wanted some updates on uh, health from uh, from the Osborne, so you got Amy here. Why don't you go ahead and ask her? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure like, and ask how your family's doing, because I know that we did see that your niece uh, did test positive for COVID, and your mom had talked about it a little bit yesterday, so we just wanted to hear an update, because she did talk about everybody, but we didn't hear her say Ozzy uh, was doing okay, so I just wanted to check it and see how your whole family's doing. Oh, they're absolutely fine. You know, luckily the children have some strong immune systems and they're already, you know, feeling a lot better. And none of us were around them or have been around them, thank God. So we're all safe. Well, that's good to know. And especially if you do have that live stream coming up on Friday, it would be difficult if you were in quarantine. Yes, it would be. (laughs) When the quarantine walls are down and, and they say you know what, you can start getting back to normal. And believe me, I just want to make clear, they're not saying that yet, guys. <laughs> like the scientists and doctors are definitely not saying that. Is there anything you particularly look forward to doing once things go back to, let's let's just say some semblance of normalcy? Well, definitely live music is mm-hmm. top three. Um, and how about something simple like just being able to go and meet some friends for lunch without a mask on or... I don't know. Travel would be really nice. <laughs> what are you in LA? I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think it's a lot more strict in LA. My son's in LA uh, as an actor, and can you go to the beach, for instance, just as an example? Um. I, yeah, I believe you can, but you know, things like that where there's a lot of people, I I tend to try and. Stay away. Avoid. Yeah. yeah. So, it sounds like you're being very responsible and taking this very, very seriously, which everybody well, should. Yes. I just want it to go away. <laughs> I hear a puppy in the background. You got your, uh, you got a puppy with you? Uh, yeah. She's not really a puppy anymore, although I wish she was. <laughs> <laughs> what is she? It sounds like a small dog. Oh, no, no. She's a, a husky mix and she's um, kind of wolfy looking. Very <laughs> sweet, but I think some people, when they see her, are a little bit scared. Eh, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is House of Lies. That's the single that's out from Arrow. That's spelled A R O, by the way, uh, Amy Osborne's band. And we're looking for that album to drop on October the 30th. Uh, Amy, this is just a question I always ask since people have been indoors. I don't know if you're a TV watcher. Is there anything that you've gotten into watching on TV or anything you've binged since you've been uh, in quarantine? Well, I absolutely adored Normal People, which was on Hulu. And then I just started Ratchet um, last night, which is just fantastic which one is with oh that's That's with nurse ratchet uh, yeah Yeah. no i definitely have that ready to go and a lot of the actors from american horror story is it a Mm -hmm. is it the same guy that makes the american horror story is just coincidence that they have the same Uh, actors no no it's very much the same person and you'll notice aesthetically that it's very much you know similar um set design and it's just incredible are 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 fans of Ratchet? How many uh, episodes are they all available right now, or do they space um, I out? I think so. Yeah, it's a net, it's on Netflix, and it's definitely I think binge ready. Are Are you hoping that at some point Jack Nicholson's character shows up, or you think that would diminish I, I'm not it? Sure. Yet, I, I'm I'm really caught up on just the costumes and the makeup and how pretty everything looks. So I haven't been too concerned with who's gonna come on the screen next. So. All right. 
Well, thank you, Amy, for taking some time with us, and uh, best success on on Arrow and the album coming out. And uh, your Lisa, once again, when is the uh, when is the stream going to be? The stream is going to be this Friday, and you can purchase tickets online right now. All right, very good. Thank you, Amy, for talking with us. Thank you so much. Uh huh. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, that's Amy Osborne, who did not want to be on the show. On a scale of one, to- no, she wanted to be on our show. She you wanted to press, like the way you made that sound. Like she didn't want to be on our show. <laughs> well, I, I, I like the single though. I think I like she didn't want to be. I, did, I think she I didn't want to. I do wanna, like the song too. Yeah, but just if you're keeping track on a scale of one to ten, how much pressure she felt from people <laughs> in her family and others to do to be on the show. One hundred. Yeah, hundred yeah. is what she said. But hey, respect to her parents for saying, "All right, she doesn't want to yeah. do it. She doesn't want to do it." Yeah, I mean, they eventually gave up asking, I guess. Yeah. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Who set up the uh, interview with, with Amy Osborne? Brandon, was that you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did Shem help you, or you knew somebody, or what, what I happened? just had a connection with um, with her manager. Oh, okay. So we're going to have her on an upcoming episode of Rockstar 101 as well. All right, very good. Ooh, that's cool. Let's get to <laughs> entertainment news. <laughs> What's uh, am I doing something wrong? What's funny? I mean, just you guys are laughing. I at wasn't me. paying attention. Is because you brought up <laughs> the Passion of the Christ sequel. Yes, have you Lisa, heard? Lisa and I were coming up with titles for the like, Passion, Passion of the, the Christ, Christ sequel. Two, Die Harder, and it's like synopsis. He comes back. <laughs> like, too passionate, too Christy. <laughs> Well, apparently we're going to need to address these rumors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Mel Gibson is apparently working on a Passion of the Christ sequel. <laughs> well, hold, hold the details for us because you're right. I, I need to write down a few of my own ideas. <laughs> I just really like the Die Harder one. <laughs> Passion 2, the Christening. <laughs> All right, Joanna, what do we have in our entertainment headlines today? Well, first things first, the official trailer to The Haunting of Bly Manor is now out from <gasps> The Haunting of Hill House creator Mike Flanagan comes the next highly anticipated chapter of the anthology series. Set to a moody piano cover of Motley Crue's Home Sweet Home, the trailer feels appropriately epic, introducing the cast of characters and teasing the spooky happenings without really giving much away in regards to the storyline. When you um, were watching The Haunting of Hill House... Mm-hmm the first time did you do the thing where you go to a website and find out where all the hidden ghosts are and then try and find them in the I episode? I did afterwards because <laughs> in the middle of me watching the show those articles started coming out of did you catch these hidden ghosts and stuff yeah so then after I finished the whole show I went back to do to read where they were and where I could find them uh, so all we need to know is that many of these stars from Hill House are back in this one and there's a new house including the kid from E.T. isn't it? Yep, Henry Thomas will still be there. This is set in 1980s. After an au pair's tragic death, uh, Henry Wingrave, played by Henry Thomas, hires a young American nanny, played by Victoria Pedretti, to care for his orphaned niece and nephew. Wait, is he playing the same character or a different character? They're all different characters. But same actors. Some of the same same actors. actors, Okay, gotcha. Uh, They reside in Bly Manor. So they're kind of doing what American Horror Story does, where they're bringing Correct. in the same actors, but they're playing different characters. You can step inside Bly Manor on October 9th on Netflix. Oh, yes. October's going to be good, man. Oh, Look, yeah, it is. 2020, 
You're starting. You know what? You're starting to turn it around, folks. Just give us a good got October. Got the Mandalorian coming up at the end of October. We've got the haunting of uh, Blind Manor coming up. Give us out. a good November. That's what I'm asking for. <laughs> Bhagavan Antle, a.k.a. Doc Antle, the owner of Myrtle Beach Safari, will be featured in a new documentary that promises to tell the real story. Right. When the hit series first premiered <laughs> in March, Antle said Tiger Keen promoted lies about him and his facility. Well, on Monday, a trailer for Tiger Kingdom, More Than a Keen, was posted on YouTube and various social media platforms, with Antle saying that it's time for you to hear his side of the story. A description on the video notes that Tiger Keen explored the world of murder, mayhem, and madness among Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, Jeff Lowe, and Tim Stark. But Exotic, now in prison, Baskin has shut her gates to media. Lowe and Stark have lost their facility license, and only Doc Antle remains. The documentary has a devoted website, tigerkingdom.tv, and will be released on October 1st on WEIV, which describes itself as a premium social access platform where fans subscribe to exclusive content. For a premium access platform that nobody's heard about with content that nobody wants. I don't know what this WEIV is. I don't get it. You know, from watching Tiger King, it would very much lead you to believe that people that privately own tigers are all into weird sex stuff. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I think he's the one that says, he's like, it's a chick magnet. It's a great way to meet women. It's weird that of all the private tiger owners, the most normal was the former drug kingpin (laughs) out of all the people that had tigers that they owned. (laughs) Right? Hollywood has embraced the R-rated comic book tenpole thanks to the success of Logan and the Deadpool Deadpool franchise, but that doesn't mean an NC-17 comic book movie is the next step. According to Matthew Modine, Christopher Nolan had to remove one of the more violent death scenes in The Dark Knight Rises in order to prevent the film from reaching an NC-17 rating. The death scene in question was for Modine's character Peter Foley, second-in-command to Commissioner Gordon. As Modine revealed on a podcast, Nolan originally scripted and shot his character's death in a scene where Peter Foley is run over by a vehicle Marianne Cotillard's Talia al Ghul is driving following the death of Bane. Modine says Nolan had to cut the scene because it was way too violent. The scene was removed and Modine's death scene was changed to Peter Foley getting gunned down during the battle between Bane's followers and the Gotham City Police Department. Like all of Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, The Dark Knight Rises was released by Warner Brothers with a PG-13 rating. Interesting note about that. Matthew Modine Mm -hmm. had also played Joker in a movie previously. Sort of. Private Joker from Full Metal Metal Jacket. (laughs) And finally, of the Toy Story 4 character, Duke Kaboom reminded you of Evil Knievel. You're not alone. The folks in charge of his image and likeness thought so too. So now they're suing. A company called K&K Promotions just filed a suit against Disney, Pixar, and a whole bunch of their subsidiaries, claiming the stuntman driver toy that Keanu Reeves voiced in the latest Toy Story flick is a clear and obvious ripoff of the legendary American motorcycle Daredevil. Well, yeah. More importantly, K&K claims they own all the rights to Evil Knievel's likeness, persona, and brand, and says the Mouse House did not get any type of approval to base one of their characters after Evil. So now K&K is dragging Disney to court, and you better believe they're going to be asking the judge for big-time damages. I just realized, some of you that watch Toy Story, you don't remember when Evil Knievel was like the hottest toy Like that was the boy cool thing, that, that, that was no, an actual toy. I know Evil Knievel because of my girl. And he's all like, look at what I can do on my bike. And she's like, oh, you're a real evil Knievel. Ah. There was this toy, he and he had a motorcycle, yeah. and you, and you, you, Brandon, 
Did you ever have an evil Knievel? I didn't, but I think I had friends that did. And so I was you, always super jealous. You would crank this thing up, and then when you let it go, the motorcycle would go, and you could ramp it over all kinds of stuff, man. I'm telling you, it was the hot <laughs> toy to have. <laughs> that four-foot ditch. Yeah. You could just pretend it's a Snake River Canyon. <laughs> and here's what they did uh, with Duke Kaboom and Toy Story. <laughs> well, there you go. They made him Canadian. <laughs> Evil Knievel basically wore like stars and stripes. They made Duke Kaboom uh, Canadian. I don't yeah, see what the Knievels are. Yeah, but they have actual toys in Toy Story, if you think about it, like Mr. Potato Head and things like that, which you know that they had to... Pay for the rights to put that on there, but or, they, they or it was of, product placement. Maybe the toy, if it's still being sold, might have paid to be in the movie. That's true. But then the issue here is that you you can tell Disney was trying to to get around the rules by creating their own toy that's completely based on Evil Kid. It would be like if they couldn't get uh, an agreement from Mr. Potato Head, they would mm-hmm. go, "Look, it's Senior Spud." Yeah. Cabeza. <laughs> or whatever. All right, let's take a break. We're gonna Senior fight Papa. We're gonna find out more. Lisa, can you get the details yeah. on the sequel to Passion of the Christ? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just tagging Joanna in new titles. No, don't get I was gonna say, don't get the details. Come up with more titles. Yeah. yeah. Passion of the Christ Electric Boogaloo too. I think that's a good one. Passion let's of the Christ Ideal Seal. See what Passion of the Christ Jerusalem drift. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll have that more on the way right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. This is one of those headlines that I thought was a joke uh, when I read it. (laughs) Then I go over to IMDb and see that it's actually scheduled to be released in 2021. Mm -hmm. It's a sequel to The Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, Jim Caviezel talked about it in an interview and confirmed that there is going to be a part two to the Mel Gibson movie that came out in 2004. It is going Here's what it's actually going to be mm-hmm. called. They they believe, okay? This is not a joke. Okay. The Passion of the Christ Resurrection. <laughs> I stole that from Resident Evil. <laughs> right. Wasn't there an alien resurrection? Wasn't one of the alien movies resurrection? <laughs> Only Mel Gibson, man. Only Mel so, Gibson. So I'm seeing a lot of uh, comments that... <clears throat> technic- he's going to somehow do like a Braveheart too as well? <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of the comments are not uh, familiar with the Bible story because you remember Jesus did rise from the dead yeah. three days later <laughs> yeah. and then he spent a period of time appearing to his followers on earth mm-hmm. and then was... And tortillas and stuff. Right? <laughs> well, he's still doing that. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's still going on. Oh. But I think there was a period of forty days where he uh, appeared to some of his followers, and uh, so people are coming up with their own titles for a sequel to the Passion of the yeah, Christ. Lisa and I are having a great time coming. <laughs> well, you guys go ahead and share them if you don't mind going to hell. Go right ahead. All right, I'll, not, we're I'll not even set the them. mood. Look, I'm going to stick to this one: the Passion of the Christ. Crucify this. <laughs> How about this one? The Passion of the Christ 2. You crossed the wrong guy. <laughs> uh, Passion of the Christ 2. Passion harder or die trying. <laughs> Passion of the Christ 2. I still know what you did last Easter. <laughs> Any that more? Great. That was great. Passion of the Christ 2. Back in the habits. 
All right. How about this one? Passion of the Christ 2. Dude, where's my Messiah? <laughs> uh, how about this one? Prequel idea. Jesus Christ, child star. Okay. What about Two Passion, Two Christ? Okay. Yeah. Very good. Two Passion. Passion of the Christ 2. Nailed again. Passion of the Christ 2. <laughs> dead and loving it. Passion of the Christ 2. Return of the King. Passion of the Christ 2, Daddy Issues. <laughs> you know, you could just go to James Bond movies. You have Passion of the Christ 2, Die Another Day. Uh, oh, that mm-hmm. you're right. A lot of them. Passion of the Christ 2. This time, it's biblical. Passion of the Christ 2, You Only Live Twice. <laughs> <laughs> going, with the, going with the James Bond one. Passion of the, oh, sorry. Passion of the Christ 2, Flashpoint. <laughs> Passion of the Christ 2, Jesus Bogus Journey. <laughs> Passion of the Christ 2, three days later. Right. Passion oh. of the Christ 2, the rise of the planet of the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and any other ones? Passion uh, of the Christ 2, Jesus Never Dies. Good. Uh, uh, Passion of the Christ 2, Beyond Martyrdom. Okay, that one didn't land. Uh. <laughs> Passion of the Christ 2. Stri- Passion of the Christ Strikes Back. <laughs> I don't, Jim Caviezel was talking about it. So Jim Caviezel played Jesus mm-hmm. in the original. How is, how is if he's back as Jesus, how is he going to explain that Jesus now looks four, 15 years older than he did three days ago? He went through a lot, right? It was right. Yeah. That cru- crucifixion yeah, will take it out of him. back. Joanna, you're you're Catholic, right? Yeah. So you've mm-hmm. seen the statues of Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. Have you With ever noticed? Yeah. You mean all oh, over our houses? Oh. Yeah. I get, hey, somebody in our Facebook chat just put Passion of the Christ too. The Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> <laughs> so they always paint him with, uh, make the statue with these killer abs, just yeah. a perfect six pack. It's amazing. And they believed that Jesus was in that good a shape. Do you know why? CrossFit. Oh. There you go. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Harry Shear is our guest this morning. And Harry Shear has been on the cutting edge of, of comedy, like what's considered hip and satirical and funny for 70. I mean, ever since he, ever since you were a kid, right? Right, Harry? Yes, I, I, I got into show business uh, at the age of seven. And, um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to hang around ever since. I know that people know Harry Shearer does a lot of the voices on The Simpsons, and they, they you think I'm talking about, well, Spinal Tap. I'm talking about the Jack Benny radio show. You were on the Jack Benny radio yeah. show, right? That was that was my very first job, yeah. I, I just I, have to let that sink uh, in for for a little bit. We're ta- Usually when I talk to someone from the golden age of showbiz, you know, I'm talking to... Mm-hmm. Somebody who's a hundred, <laughs> but since you got started so young, you worked with a legendary figure like Jack Benny. Yeah, how was yeah. he to and work for? How, how there was w- another legendary figure on that show as well, which was Mel Blanc, uh, the voice of the Looney Tunes character. Yeah, I so. think you mentioned that Mel Blanc really kind of took took you. He was kind of a mentor for you when you were a kid on that show. Well, he was he was a very uh, uh, supportive uh, older person. Uh, he never sat me down and said, "Here's how you do voices, kid." Uh, that not that kind of mentor, but he was ba- basically kind of a, uh, a father figure when I was at the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was just 
kind of heaven. Uh, everybody was there uh, because they knew what they were doing, so there were never any scenes, you know, uh, never any drama uh, at that show. It was pure, let's do the show, have fun, and, and say goodnight. Um, and the third show I did, Jack Benny came out with a, a, a transcription, a recording of that show that we had just done. And gave it to me, and you know, it was like saying you're in the family, and it was uh, quite remarkable. He was a great, great, great person to work for. It's just kind of surreal to think that there's this direct line from back when Jack Benny was the hottest thing on the radio <laughs> to The Simpsons, which has been a beloved TV show for 30 years now. But uh, Harry yeah. Shearer's actually on to talk about. Uh, an album, Acquittal, Harry Shearer. It's got a bunch of songs about uh, President Trump on it. Harry, can I play a snippet of one of the songs so yeah. people get an idea of what yeah. we're talking about here? So I read a quote that you had one time. It was kind of like the, the the rule for political satire. If you're going to do, if you're not going to do political satire, fine. But if you are going to do political satire, Harry, what's the what's the main rule? Um, make fun of both sides. Yeah. Make fun of both you sides, know, but uh, also you go you go after who it, whoever it is running who who's in charge, right? Yeah, yeah. You you in, in other countries, I would say you go after the uh, person with the monopoly on the guns. In this country, it would be the person with the majority of the guns, mm -hmm. which would be the president. So um, your career but, your career but, you has know, go ahead, Harry. I'm sorry. No, just about both sides. I mean, I've, 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 I had a friend or two who made fun of one party, uh, and then when the other party got in charge, uh, in office, he wrote jokes for them. And I thought, that's kind of lame. you got to you got to focus, take, take both sides down a peg or two. Right, that's nobody would be doing Trump jokes if Trump had lost in 2016. I mean, depending <laughs> on what he, you know, he would just be sitting at Trump Tower tweeting. You might make fun of that every now and then, but... There'd, there'd be a lot more material yeah. about Hillary than there is about Trump, obviously, yeah. right? That's, yes, that's correct. Of course. So your career has been long enough and illustrious enough that you satirized the the last president who was driven from office. That's uh, Richard Nixon. So tell me a little bit about your, your satirical process uh, after Watergate and, and how that compares with what you're doing about the current situation. Well, I, uh, recently I did a TV series in Britain, which is also up on YouTube now, uh, where we reenacted some of the crazier scenes from the White House tapes, and I was Nixon. And um, it just brought to mind Nixon in private was very much like Trump in public. <laughs> uh, but Nixon uh, was old-fashioned enough that he thought you still had to have this facade of dignity and propriety, and then he could just be that other thing in private and and trump has no facade that's just that you know the private trump is the public trump right uh, and uh you know it, it basically I, I i came up when there were other people doing nixon uh, there were like people more popular people doing nixon and i was looking for the my own personal way of doing it uh and you, I don't know if you're old enough. You remember David Fry, who I am not a crook, yeah. was his idea of doing Nixon and, and holding up two fingers. And so I wanted to be <laughs> work a little harder at finding uh, subtler things about the character that uh, maybe people didn't notice. That, for example, with Nixon, he 
had these, while trying to pull across this idea of himself of strength, he had these kind of feminine gestures. He had, his hands would flutter, his eyelashes, uh, he would flutter his eyelashes. A lot of fluttering is what I'm saying. And uh, when I ended up doing the TV series, it, it was like I was doing that with my hand, and it was like two or three months before, before I had, could stop doing that particular gesture. I had to slap myself to get Nixon out of me. Uh, so I, I try to look for the smaller things that uh, people may not have noticed, but when they see it, they go, oh, my God, you know, uh, that's sort of my strategy. I would say, uh, let's let's switch back to the present day. So if you're satirizing Donald Trump, I mean, we've seen some people do do uh, satire Donald Trump. There are definitely hand mm-hmm. gestures. There's the, you know, the thing that mm-hmm. he does with his lips. What's the kind of like the layer under the layer under the layer uh, trait that that you've gotten from Trump? I think he he, uh, he moves his body to uh, emphasize words. Yeah, I rarely see that, but, you know, uh, he'll, uh, in other people, but in, with him, especially when he's at press conferences, he'll suddenly straighten up uh, to, set, to emphasize a word and then slouch back down. Um, which I, I don't see a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm the, the record that this project is songs sung in his voice, and then I have uh, one video out and another video just about to come out where, because the songs are sung by Trump, I had to make it look like Trump is singing, too. So Yeah, I I'm don't know using, if you would call uh, this a deep fake, but it very much looks like Donald Trump is singing, is singing the songs, and it's Harry Shearer's voice impersonating Donald Trump coming out. And it's also my body. I'm, I'm and, you know, uh, my body and face are doing Donald Trump, but it's being translated through uh, motion capture and a, a couple other technologies so that it really looks frightening, like, frighteningly like Donald Trump. The, uh, or amazingly like that. <laughs> the, the Many Moods of Donald Trump is the album, and and I've got uh, the one about COVID, so we can we can play that. But I don't. I want to talk to uh, Harry Shear for as long as we have him. Um, Les Show, are you still doing Les Show? Absolutely. Uh, I haven't been able to stop every week. I think why the hell am I doing this? But I, I keep doing it. It's it's sort of my little personal uh, comedy playground. I never did stand up, so uh, I'm not talking to drunks, uh, and it's I, a way to keep coming up with characters and with keep writing. Uh, so, because I'm a lazy person, basically, so I wouldn't do it if I didn't have a deadline. Uh, it, it, it's it's a deadline, and I I value that highly. I am a diehard uh, Simpsons fan. I know Apu isn't isn't one of your characters, but I heard I heard that you were not pleased with the decision that voice actors wouldn't be doing characterizations of other races. Can you expound on that any? I I did not criticize the show. Uh, I was quoted accurately as saying that, in my mind, the actor's job is to play somebody they're not. Right. Mm-hmm. And, ding, uh, ding, 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 ding. You know. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, like that's, that's, the, like, that's the job of an actor, isn't it? You're portraying somebody you're yeah. not. Yeah, Nancy Cartwright's I mean. a woman. Uh, She's portraying a ten-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly right. Exactly also, right. would that apply? Uh, to... And I, 
would that apply to a French accent? Uh, like, all of a sudden, can you not do a French accent? Oh, and- you're not a sea captain. You don't get to be the sea captain. Oh, Harry Shearer, you're not a billionaire. You don't get to play Montgomery Burns. Uh, so, uh, Harry, you don't you don't agree with uh, with that decision, but well, but you're not critical well, of the show. Uh, what I'm what I guess I should say in in at greater length is that. Um, Representation in the you know it's important that the business be inclusive and um, I would if if I were running things I would be focusing a lot more on the writing and producing side where the decisions are made as to what stories are told and how they're told. Yeah, well I I don't see you blaming an actor who was told thirty years ago here's a character that we've written bring them to life. Uh, So I I think that Mm -hmm. uh, that the I can't believe I'm drawing a, a blank on on uh, on a poo. Come on, help me out. Hank Azaria. Oh. Hank Azaria. God, that's stupid. All right, yeah, you don't put it it's on Hank nerves. Azaria. It's the nerves yeah. talking to Harry Shearer. It's perfectly. Fine. I'm talking to a guy who is one step removed from the great Jack Benny. That's like the uh, the Kevin Bacon of the history of entertainment and radio. All right, uh, the mini moods of Donald Trump is the album. Uh, Harry Shear is the legend, and thank you, uh, Mr. Shear, for spending some time with us today. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Stay safe. Yeah, will do. You too. Uh, think about that. He was a kid actor on the Jack freaking Benny show, man. Okay, Boomer. No, that was way... Be- I'm not saying that I grew up listening to Jack Benny. That was way, way before my time. Because you hear they finally have all these pictures that have sound. <sighs> Here's a little bit. We call them talkies. Here's another. Change the world. (laughs) Here's another one of the songs that uh, Harry Shear did uh, about Donald Trump. It's a new single that is included on the Many Moods of Donald Trump called COVID 180. All right. So also on the resume of just like like cutting edge comedy of its time, Harry Shear was on Saturday Night Live. He was a cast member on SNL. He was in Spinal Tap regarded as maybe the finest mockumentary film of all time. Mm-hmm. He was original he was the actor originally cast to play Eddie Haskell on Leave It to Beaver, which is something you might not know. He wrote Fernwood Tonight, which was also kind of a kind of an under the radar but cult uh, hit TV show with Martin Mull back in the 70s. And did I mention that he was an actor on the Jack Benny radio show. He did. <laughs> I remember reading when they were talking to the Simpsons characters. This is, I think, during one of the anniversaries, like the 10 or 20 year anniversary of the Simpsons. And they were asking some of the voice actors, when did you know you had something big here? And multiple people went to the table read for one of the early episodes where Harry Shearer is playing Mr. Burns and Waylon Smithers. And he's having an entire conversation with himself. But if you close your eyes, you can't tell it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. And multiple people said that was when we knew we had something big. That's when we knew this thing was going to be bigger than we ever believed it could be. Because we watched Harry Shearer just have a conversation with himself on this script that was hilarious. All right, there's Harry Shearer, and he is a showbiz uh, legend. I would say, you know... Uh, comedy, but he, he's just done so much other stuff. Most of it uh, comedic, for sure. But it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast.
This is the fifth and final hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show, also the El Paso-centric hour. And we're going to talk to Stephanie Valle from KVIA, ABC7. There's a new episode of Borderland Crimes podcast that is available. We also got a lot of, over on Facebook, we got a lot of suggestions for the title of the Passion of the Christ sequel. There's definitely going to be a Passion of the Christ. I mean, unless this is... Unless this is like somebody's really trolling, but it seems like Jim Caviezel, who played Jesus, is confirming it. We had a lot of uh, comments at the Facebook page and some pretty good ideas for uh, the title of the sequel. I just wanted uh, to say, before we go any further, Mm -hmm. I love Whataburger. Yay! Mm, Do you now? I do. And if you do too, be caller number nine, and you give us a call. On the studio line, you can give us a call on the request line, which is 880-4955. Call number nine gets a $25 gift card for Whataburger. And we're going to have $25 gift cards to give away all week long. Between 9 and 10 o'clock, anytime you hear anybody say what I just said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. be calling number nine to be the winner. Did you try their Pico de Gallo burger? Mm. You know what I tried the other day? Mm. Their their Dr. Pepper milkshake. Yeah. Oh, Have yeah. you had that yet? Oh, yeah. That's also good. All right. Changing gears, uh, because the Borderland Crimes uh, podcast uh, is a serious look at, at crimes. Most of them uh, homicides, or are they're all going to be homicides. Is that right, Stephanie? Yes, it is. Okay. Correct. The ones that we've talked about uh, that that you've had podcast uh, on before, we're talking to Stephanie Vies, the host of Borderland Crimes podcast, and you could get that podcast, you know, Apple wherever you get your podcast. A lot of the uh, crimes have gone back years and even decades. Uh, the one that you have now goes back uh, not even two years. So this is the uh, the 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 murder of uh, Terrence. Kennard Jr. So, Stephanie, why don't you give us uh, a little bit of the background on this case uh, that happened in January of last year? All right. So, first, thanks for having me on, Buzz. Yeah, of course. Um, so, the the case, like you said, January of 2019, Terrence Kennard, who was known to his family by TJ, but his friends called him TK. And uh, he was also a rapper, and he went by T. Kaiser. So TK was with friends, and they were going to a party in Northeast El Paso. And he ended up being shot outside of the house party. And um, it, like I said, it happened outside of a house party. I spoke to his parents, and they believed that someone at the party saw something and that they're not saying anything. Now, when you get deeper into it, Uh, I spoke to his mom, and and she was saying that she thinks he was um, hanging around people who were troublemakers and that he was falling into that. And she doesn't – it's not like she's taking the blame off of him, but she's saying that he was getting involved with things that were unsavory, if you will. So he was getting into legal trouble. Um, He had – was getting a, a criminal record. And it, things just kept building and building and building, and she thinks that um, he was dealing with people who wanted to hurt him and ultimately killed him. I think uh, what I'd seen on the podcast promo on KVIA yesterday, 
uh, there was some indication the mother thinks that, that it was like a trap was set for him or that it was planned out in advance that somebody was going to, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's germane to the story. This, uh, this kid was 20 at the time he was killed, 20 years old. Right. Yeah. He was 20 years old. Um, and he was a rapper, like I said, and his mom would tell me that in his rap and you can hear it on YouTube. And I listened to several songs over and over. And there were a lot of songs that, he was saying, these guys want me dead or you're going to, like, people want to put a hit on me or i got to keep my weapons because these guys want to, you know, kill me. People want me dead. And she's like, I can't believe that no one that he hung out with didn't ever say, who are you talking about? She said, someone had to know. Uh, someone had to know. And then both of his parents believe that um, this party that he attended was, it was just a ruse to get him out of the house to put him out in the open. Um, they said that just from what they're hearing from people who were at the party or his friends, that's what they believe. But there's that disconnect of people telling the parents a story and then not relaying that information to police. Or if they are, they're not giving police enough information to move forward on the case. The other uh, folks on the show would know more about, about, the rap genre, but but the idea that you've got enemies and and they want to kill you might might be a common theme, you know, in in certain forms of rap. Uh, but he actually ended up getting killed. Right. Um. <clears throat> so do we know? If we go back to what you were saying. People had shared things with his parents, but they were unwilling to to talk to the police. Is that yeah, is that I, what the mom I, says? I, Yes, the mom was telling me that friends of his or people that he knew uh, have reached out to her, and she never gave me names. She never told me who was reaching out to her, but she said that she would hear these stories of, um, you know, the people who were telling him to go to this party weren't at the party themselves, and that he had told his, uh, he had told friends, and those friends told his parents, I don't want to go to this party. And in fact, at the time, he was on probation. He had been involved in a shooting in the summer of 2018, which was roughly seven months before he was killed. And he was on probation. And his mom said if someone cared about him, they would have told him, you shouldn't be going out and doing anything because you're on probation. So, like I said, and she's saying she understands her son had her own mind. But she also felt like the people who were around him didn't truly care about him if they weren't trying to keep him out of harm's way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about the criminal record. You say he was involved in a shooting. Uh, was he suspected to be the shooter or or, or not? So looking at the, the records on, online, he was convicted of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And um, he had pleaded guilty, and so he was going to be sentenced to seven years probation. What he told his mother is that someone was shooting at him, so he shot back. And she said, we had really open communication. When I asked him what was going on, that's what he told me, and I don't have any reason to not believe him. So that's just the information that I was able to gather from his mother and his father and the court records. She also said that there was another incident that he did not report to police, and it happened a couple of months after that. 
in which he was hit by a car. And she said that when she asked him about that, because she lives in Florida, by the way. So she lives oh, okay. in Florida. Good to know. I mean, he, important yeah. to know. Yes, yes. So she lives in Florida, and his father lives here in El Paso. He's stationed at Fort Bliss. So he had moved here as a teenager to be with his father. So when she was asking him what's going on, he said, well, someone was trying to hit my friend with a car, and so I pushed him out of the way. She said, I spoke to his friends who were there. I'm trying to find out what was happening. And that's what they saw. They all saw him push a friend out of the way. She said, but I told him, someone is trying to hurt you. Someone is, is out to hurt you. You know, you're, you're involved in a shooting. Someone's trying to hit you with a car. Someday they're going to be successful. And she said, I don't want that, but this is the road that is, you know, she, she put it really interestingly. She said, warning comes before destruction. You know, whoever is trying to hurt you is trying to kill you. And she said, I tried to warn him about the people he was hanging out with, but ultimately she knew that her son was going to do whatever it was that he was going to do because he was an adult and he lived on his own. So she tried, but, you know, there's only so much you can do. We're talking to Stephanie Valle, who's the anchor at KVIA, ABC7 in El Paso, and she does the... Borderland Crimes podcast, we're talking about the killing of uh, Terrence Kennard, who was 20 and outside a house party. You uh, mentioned earlier that his mother said that he was getting involved uh, with some, some what she considered, uh, you know, some people that were leading him astray. And you mentioned, you know, that he was already starting to, to get a criminal record. Uh, uh, other than the shooting, which he was on probation for, was there anything else that that he had been involved in that we know for sure? Those are the only things that we know of. That was the only um, major incident that was on the the website under his name. And like I said, the the him being hit by a car that wasn't that wasn't recorded in in public record because he never reported it to police. Um, but something I want to put out there, Buzz, um, when I started this podcast over a year ago and I was talking with police, the, the police don't care if people have a criminal record because they believe that everybody has a right to life and nobody has a right to take that life. So I know that when people listen and they hear these things about, oh, this guy had a criminal record or he was hanging out with people, it doesn't change the fact that his parents are in deep pain and that he has two children who will never know him. He, they, were, they were babies. And he has family and friends who, who miss him and they want justice for him. I was talking to his mom in Florida and she said, you know, this is my son. He, was, he grew up as a, a mama's boy and this was a boy that, you know, we did everything together and I sent him to Florida because he wanted to be... Uh, he wanted to have a, a better chance at, at success in life because in Florida where she lived, there, were, there was a lot of violence. There was some gang activity, and she wanted to get him away from that. And so there's just, you know, as a parent, um, you know, when I would see the, the interactions that she was showing me on her phone, she had conversations where he's, you know, saying, I hope you have a good day, and I love you. And, and you know, those are things that it, this, is a, this is a deep loss no matter what. This is a mother who lost a son. This is a father who lost a son. And, uh, and they just want justice for their son. They want the people who did this to be held accountable. And 
they want the people who know something to understand where they're coming from. They want to put they want them to put themselves in their shoes and and think about what they would want for their loved one. Would they want to be wondering what happened to them and not have any resolution? So that's just something to to keep in mind as well. Did you speak to any of the police or any any detectives that might have been investigating this case? I did not this time. Um, The police told me that it was an open investigation and they didn't want to um, divulge any information. But at the same time, they also worked with a production company to put out a produced video with interviews with the police department. And the the detective on this case, uh, he had said that people, witnesses saw Terrence talking with two guys before the shooting, and they released descriptions, which I said in my podcast had not happened before. Um, this case has been open for over a year and a half, and we had never even really gotten word about what happened in the moments leading up to the shooting. So we, we learned from that interview that the uh, that TJ was talking to uh, two guys, one in his 20s, the other in his 30s, both black men, um, and that they were last seen leaving in a small gray four-door vehicle. So they're just, they're still waiting for, hoping for people to come forward with information on who those people were because they believe that they were the shooters. So when uh, Terrence Kennard was was killed, they had left the party, or it, it was at the the place where the house party was taking place. What we learned from police is that when when TJ arrived, he walked past the party, so he was maybe a house away and talking to a couple of people. They believe whoever was at the party saw something. So maybe there were people outside of of the house where the party was being held or they heard the gunshots and walked out. The neighborhood itself, it's its a quiet neighborhood um, in northeast El Paso, and the houses are, are relatively close together. It's all flat, so, you know, there's, and it's, it's a grid neighborhood, so when you walk out, you can see straight down the street for, for a while. Granted, this happened at close to midnight, so there wasn't a lot of light, but... There are street lights in the area, so they just they feel like someone saw something. Did the police question anybody that they thought might be an eyewitness? Did they get to that point where they where they actually formally uh, questioned anybody about what might have happened? That's a good question, and that's something I would have liked to have asked if the police had given yeah. me the interview. But all I know is that they spoke to witnesses at the scene. So all I know is what they had gathered at the scene and what they were able to get that they later put out in that video. So they saw two people at the scene, but as for eyewitnesses or names or whether they had anyone in custody at any point or questioned anyone who matched the description of the suspect, we still don't know. All right, this is the uh, the case of who killed Terrence Kennard uh, Jr. This uh, uh, happened in January of 2019. It is the topic of the most recent Borderland Crimes podcast. And get that podcast, subscribe to it if you're in El Paso, the area. Especially it's going to be of interest because you're going to hear uh, a lot of these cases that are many of them unsolved like this one. Some of them uh, that you've done, though. Uh, we've kind of found out what happened, but this one is an open investigation. Uh, you know, I don't, as you mentioned, it you know only happened 
a little over a year and a half ago. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for being on with thank us today. You. It's always good to talk to you. Yes, it's great to talk to you. Hopefully, we'll do it in person soon. Well, <laughs> now, why why aren't you here in person? I was not sure. <laughs> Lisa said you're busy, but then I, I thought maybe she think maybe Stephanie thinks I uh, cough too much or sneeze no. too much or something. No, that's no, not I it. Wanted to be there. No, I wanted to be there in person. I have my kids here at home, and they're they're doing distance learning. And so, in fact, I had to tell them before I got on the phone call, I'm going to be in my closet. So don't come in yeah. because I need some peace and quiet. So, yeah, I mean, otherwise it's, it's you know, just before I got on the phone call, I was helping my son with science homework. So it's it's kind of hard to get away. <laughs> Honest opinion. You think, just based on your kids, do you think uh, do you think their, their schooling is lagging uh, because we're, we're social distance learning? That's a good question. You know, I, I have two kids. My daughter's in fifth and my son is in third. And my daughter has a teacher who she had for fourth grade. So she's familiar with this teacher and her teaching style. And um, my, my, my daughter is kind of a self-starter. So that's what she learned from this teacher. So the teacher tells them what to do, and she does it. Now, there is, of course, that, that learning curve of trying to figure out how to get assignments and, oh, I forgot to check this folder. But I feel like she's doing fine. My son, on the other hand, I find out from his teacher that, you know, sometimes he turns the camera off or she can see that he's playing with toys. So there's just, you know, it's, I think there's a lot of personalities involved. Yeah. My my daughter can sit and stare at a screen. And I don't know if this is a good thing, but she can sit and stare at a screen for a long time. And she can stay focused on things. And my son, he wants to get up and he wants to go outside and he wants to, you know, come talk to me and do things. So it's, I think a lot of it is is the kids are just not used to, to having to sit so still and not even talk to their classmates that they were used to interacting with and touching and being, you know, in close quarters with. And then something else to consider, Buzz. Yep. This was the start of a new school year. And so yesterday we had parent-teacher conferences, and my daughter has two teachers, and the other teachers mentioned, yeah, I, I can't wait to meet her in person. And it hit me. My daughter has not met one of her teachers. She oh, yeah. has only seen her on a screen. So imagine how difficult it is for uh, a five-year-old, a six, seven, eight-year-old to go into this class online and have to take instruction from someone they don't really know and do all these things that they're not familiar with. So there, it is hard. It is hard. But um, with all that said, I think that the teachers that they have have been doing an extraordinary job in trying to overcome these hurdles and reach them and be um, – communicative and and understanding and i will say like my my son is picking things up we'll see how much of it sticks <laughs> i'm just trying to i'm trying to remember when i was in third grade i i had it was really hard for me to concentrate mm-hmm. in the classroom on what mm-hmm. the teacher was saying i would daydream or i would play with my pen it just I, I can only imagine what it would be like if i was at home with my star wars toys and my comic books right there it, it would have been really tough on me for sure and i think it's just so hard for everyone when they're like the kids aren't looking at me or you know i or i see my son wandering around but the thing is what would they be doing in class they'd be doing something very similar not every student is going to be engaged 100 percent of the time i was a good student i still like daydreamed and looked around at my desk for stuff, and that, that's normal. I think there's just a higher expectation that when you can see people and you can see they're not paying attention, then it feels like you're failing. My, my daughter uh, 
uh, told me the date that she's going back, October 19th. You know, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Is that the same for your kids? So because of my schedule, we're going to keep them at home just yeah. because I'm able to be here and, you know. Uh, well, that's an know, option. It's, it's, I, I, You know, that's a big yeah, thing. When the kids go back, parents, for the most part, can have an option of continuing the distance learning, right? Right. And that's 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 what's so difficult is, you know, it's split down the middle, really. I mean, that parents want to send it back. And, and, and by all means, you know, I, I completely understand that because I, I can only imagine how hard it would be if I had a different schedule and I had to um, figure out what to do with my children. And, of course, that's something that people have to do because they need to get back into work or make sure that their kids are in a, a building because child care is expensive or whatever. So, I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm, I feel really lucky that I'm able to do that. And granted, my kids are not happy with that decision. They want to be back in a building, but we've been seeing it that these cases just keep popping up and we just, we just don't know yet. There's just so many unknowns. Yeah. I, I do think it's great though, that, that parents uh, can have the option if they're able to, and they want to, they can keep their kids home. I think it's a good thing that they, that they have a, an A and B option there. Yeah. And you know, if anything, um, my decision is helping other people in that they are able to go to school and have more social distance because people like me are keeping their kids home because they can. All so right. we're allowing that to work too. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I'm looking at it also is I'm, I'm trying to, you know, lessen exposure for everybody. Stephanie's uh, got the brand new or fairly new, the newest uh, Borderland <laughs> Crimes podcast, and you should go and check that out. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, guys. Thanks, right. everyone. We'll Bye. talk to you later. Bye-bye. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Here are the latest daily numbers from the Department of Public Health in El Paso. Keep you up to date. Um and keep in mind, as we've been told before, this doesn't necessarily mean all these people uh, died or contracted COVID on the same day, but they do give us reports every day. And uh, they are reporting six deaths. And you might have heard we just, uh, as, a, as a country, we just crossed a grim milestone or, uh, you know, a threshold of 200,000 deaths. Well, in El Paso, they've just hit a milestone, and that is 500. So that brings the total number of deaths attributed to COVID-19 in El Paso to 500. Of the six uh, reported fatalities, all six patients had underlying health conditions, and two were females in their 80s, two were males in their 80s, and then one female, one male in uh, their 90s were the latest uh, victims of COVID-19. Right. Uh, we got a lot of suggestions uh, mm-hmm. about the title for sequels. We got these out of our uh, Facebook page. Eric came up with a lot uh, of these. So okay. Um, and this looks like it's legit. It's got an IMDb page for yeah, Passion he- of the Christ Resurrection. That's not a joke. That's the star the- said that he's seen three already uh, rewrites of the script that they've been. You know, editing it and getting it together. So. It's the Bible. What do you got to rewrite? <laughs> well, they you know, always try and change it for the sequel. It's, true. it's like the Mormon Bible. Like they update it every year. 
No, but there's four gospels of the New Testament and and they they're they're talking about the same guy, but like the stories are different. There are different. We learned this in like studying New Testament when I took religion classes. Um, there are twists on the story. You know, Luke might vary from Mark. There are some that emphasize other things. There are some famous stories about Jesus that only appear in one of the books, or <gasps> some that twist. only appear in two of the books. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all testaments. Of the life of Christ and all of them. It's the Beatles. <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Ringo. <laughs> uh, I saw an interesting meme this morning that said, How did Jesus run into all these dudes named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Middle East? <laughs> well, none of their names were actually like Matthew is a Romanized or Euro Europeanized version of M Matthias, probably would have been in Aramaic. Uh, Jesus was never called Jesus. His name was a traditional Hebrew name, and it, he probably would have been most most often called Yeshua. Yeah. So uh, I don't know about Mark and Luke, but, <laughs> you know, Paul, the, the apostle <laughs> Paul was originally Saul, so that's a traditional Hebrew name. But Better call Saul. <laughs> uh, better call Saul. Yeah, but a, a lot of the names you hear in the New Testament are kind of the Angli anglicized or uh, Romanized versions of what would have been more common names in, in Judea at the time. Are you sorry you asked now? No. I'm glad you gave an answer. No. Uh, Eric. Just, it was just a meme I saw. If you wanted to answer the question, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, some, this is what, when, when Nico sometimes says he thinks I'm a, somewhere on the spectrum. It's like when people just share a meme and I'm like, well, actually. No. <laughs> You're the well, actually. To, no, what he's trying to explain to you is that's your internet service is Spectrum. That's what you're going for. <laughs> that I'm on Spectrum, you, yes, not on. Yes, you're not on the Spectrum. You are on no, Spectrum, he, internet and television. He's, he's very clear that Nico believes that I'm somewhere on the. That you're an idiot savant. I still, want, I still want you to record things at your house because what I think is hilarious is when he tries to tell you a fact, but then you have to correct how he said something or correct a part of the fact because he read it wrong. Dude, you got to listen back to the Batman quiz from earlier this oh, week. Oh, man, you guys great. Batman quiz? There was an old did fact so good. quiz. Lisa did do good. But half of the quiz was me saying, I don't like how this question's worded. It was Buzz. So <laughs> then I went, oh, okay, so this is not right then because Buzz would not be freaking out about a question if it was fake. Uh, Lisa nailed him. She got, she got five yeah. out of five. Mm -hmm. But not because I knew things, just because process of elimination. Also, Did you listen back. Hey, remember, That's in the podcast. It's in the yeah. podcast. Remember, okay, it doesn't cool. matter how you get to the right yep. answer, as long as you get to the right answer. Mm -hmm. Also, listen back to find out why Nico owes Buzz $100. Oh, I can tell that story real quick. Do you want to know? <laughs> yeah, 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 look, act like, look, I've been gone the past couple of days, so let's just treat it as if we have... You know, somebody who uh, wasn't able to tune in the past couple of days. Well, see, because usually you, you do tune in, <laughs> even when you're not here. So <laughs> I, I didn't I, know I, what you heard. I did catch some of it. I, I listened. <laughs> I heard the interview with, um, oh, what's his face? Hook hands. Oh, JJ. JJ yeah. Arms. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to tune in Monday, but that's when we were driving. And since this um, the stream was down on Monday, I didn't get to listen in on Monday. So. Oh, that's right. The stream I'm was gonna down I'm going to go take a photo shoot at that line. Nico and I watched Fireplace. this terrible movie that I'd seen a promo for on, I think it was like a Cinemax original movie, and it mm -hmm. had Simon Pegg in it. It was called Inheritance. Uh, anyway, 
on Saturday, Nico had a couple of friends over, you know, in the comic community, and we were sitting outside, and I mentioned something about Patrick Warburton and the role he played in it, and Nico says, Patrick Warburton was not in that movie, and I go, Patrick Warburton played the dad. Why do you think I kept making putty references? Well, he, he doubled down. He said, I'll bet you $100. Oh, but before oh. we shook on it, I said, look, I know you make these bets thinking there's no way that I would take $100 because you're broke and I have to buy everything for you anyway. <laughs> Wax an eyebrow. But because of this, I am going to hold you to it. You're going to have to pay $100 even if I have to get a lawyer and spend $2,000 hey. to get the 100 back from you. <laughs> hey. I'm doing you it. you need a lawyer, I know a guy. Is it I Justin? Know a guy too. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just text Justin Underwood. Yeah. Uh, real quick, let's go through some of these suggested titles. Once again, Eric uh, in the <laughs> chat is responsible for a lot of these things. Passion of the Christ 2, double crossed. <laughs> Passion of the Christ 2, hanging out. <laughs> Passion of the Christ 2, to hell and back. It's <laughs> true. Passion of the Christ 2, Return of the King. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Passion of the Christ 2. The Two Towers? Apostle Lips Now. What? <laughs> apostle Lips. Apostle Lips Now. <laughs> oh, it was in like Apostles. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah like the Apostles. Oh. I was missing that one. Back to another Eric one. Passion of the Christ 2. Well hung. <laughs> uh, Antonio Banderas, who is one of the celebrities in our chat. Mm -hmm. Not so much a title, but just kind of a scenario. Today on Maury. God, you are the father. <laughs> Cousin Ian uh, is in here. Joanna. Uh -huh. So somebody from the Barba uh, side of the family. And Ian says, Passion of the Christ 2, back to Galilee. <laughs> Passion of the Christ 2, Skyfall. <laughs> that, that's a good one. That like when Jesus was on the cross, there was like earthquakes, the earth rumbled, the the temple shook. So, you know, Skyfall uh, works pretty good for that. Uh, another Eric one, Pasha of the Christ 2, Father, Son, Holy Vengeance. These <laughs> are great. And uh, Rosales uh, has one, Passion of the Christ 2. Where's Judas? I just want to talk to him. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap up the show. I want to thank our guest today, Harry Shear, who has been a part of comedy since the golden age of radio on the Jack Benny Show, and he's the voice of Reverend Lovejoy, Dr. Hibbard, uh, Principal Skinner, and so many others. And he was also in one of the greatest fake documentaries of all time, Spinal Tap, and he uh, joined us to talk. He joined us to talk about his uh, new album, The Many Moods of Donald Trump, and Amy Osborne, the oldest daughter of Ozzy and Sharon Osborne. Joanna, what did she say when I said on a scale of one to ten, how much pressure did you get from your family to be on the Osbournes? One hundred. She put it at a one hundred yeah. on a scale of one to ten. All right, have a great one, everybody. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. Get the show started at 5 a.m. Mountain Time. Hold have on, a... we got one more suggestion. Yeah, one more. Passion of the Christ 2. This one comes from Surge. Passion of the Christ 2, the Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that just knocked that it out good. of the park. That's a good one to go out on. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So long.